enjoy this flyover clip. Hello, flyover family. Earlier this week, we had the honor of being interviewed by Sean Morgan on Making Sense of the Madness. It was such a fun interview. I love American Media Periscope. Uh, John Michael Chambers is the founder of that, brings a ton of wisdom. All the different cast of characters they have for all their shows bring a lot of insights. I think it's an important space Mm -hmm. right now, and uh, it was great getting to meet Sean. That's exactly right. So you can go to AmericaMediaPeriscope.com and check out their shows there. Check out Sean's show. He did a really great job. It's going to be a really brief interview, and in the back end, we have an update from Kirk Elliott, Double PhD. Um, Economics are a big thing. This is like a five-minute update. You're going to want to catch it because there's some numbers, some information of what's happening right now when it comes to your money. David and Stacy Whited are lifelong entrepreneurs who decided to put everything on the back burner in January of 2021 to start a podcast to help America wake up, speak up, and show up. So, David and Stacy, can you tell me exactly how it all started? Um, I think it was an epiphany, really, that came more from our, our son, who, who just had his first daughter, married a few years. He was in mid to late 20s at the time and, and was like, I don't. I don't think you guys inherited as good of a country as your parents did. And I don't know that my daughter will have a country if something doesn't change. And so, I mean, we kind of, it was a, it was a realization that we all had, mm-hmm. but it was kind of uh, the next step. Well, then what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, cause it's one thing to identify a problem. It's another than what can I do? And we felt a little bit like the, the little boy that brought his fish and bread to, to Jesus. You know, there's like 5,000 people. I don't know if everybody had one fish that would have helped. They had 5,000 fish, but you had one little boy that had a little something and he was willing to give it. And that's kind of where we found ourselves. We're like, all right, what can we do? And we had, a, we had a background with business. We'd done a lot of, you know, interviews and workshops and these kind of things. Nothing in media ever. We never had personally met somebody who had even been a guest on a podcast, let alone, yeah. let alone the idea of doing a podcast. But we thought, you know, the biggest problem that we saw around was this, uh, a lot of a lot of energy given by the mainstream media to what's going wrong, a lot of false narratives, and then censorship online. And we thought we need more voices, not less. We need more voices pushing back against some of these narratives and telling stories. And so we're like, all right, we here's what we could do. We could we could start a podcast and kind of began going down that path. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, during my quiet time in January of 2021, the Lord told me that this was a time of a lot of deception around us and that we had to use discernment. And it was time to really start finding the truth and sharing the truth. And that whole slogan in the introduction of waking up, speaking up and showing up. You know, we all wanted President Trump to do 80 million things to save our country. And what we found over this last year and a half, what we really need is 80 million of us doing one thing every single day to save our own country. And it's been really inspiring over this last year as we've seen Americans, as we've traveled across the country uh, at the Reawaken America events, and we found there are patriots that are not just waking up, they are speaking up and they are showing up. Well, can you tell me where the name Flyover Conservatives came from? What's What's the purpose of that name? Well, yeah, we live in Kansas City, Missouri, and we kind of have always been Midwest people. We grew up on farms, and I think it's kind of a, it's a kind of a, I don't know, maybe a, a tongue-in-cheek jab at the slang of mm-hmm. considering the majority of the country that grows most of the food and does most of the the, the building. It's kind of the, the blue-collar, uh, you know, get-stuff-done kind of mm-hmm. crowd that maybe New York, Miami, and L.A. kind of look at as they fly over there in, the, in a plane, and uh, we just sort of embrace that. We found it's not so much even a geographical location. It's almost like there's flyover, flyover people. 
people of kind of a, a bygone era, so to speak. And, and when you look at the media, when you look at the trends, when you look at, you know, uh, stories like, you know, Mount Walsh, you can't define a woman, you know, yep. today. Um, in the Midwest, you can. You can clearly define one. Most people have, you know, uh, raised livestock. They know how to identify a male, female dog or a cow or a horse or or human, you know, as well. That's not, you know, isolated and thrown out at the window. And, and the, the idea of flyover conservatives is simply because we're not flyover Republicans. You know, uh, you know, Kelly Ward nailed it, you know, right on the head. Um, conservatism is, is a predetermined plumb line of values, of principles, and it's of, of protecting and preserving the things that you value the most the nuclear family, yep. um, the ability to own your own business, private property, freedom of speech, the things that really make America unique, the thing that people risk their lives to come here for. It's not a, a Republican thing. It's a conservative thing. It's about, about conserving our constitutions and things that make us free. So we kind of embraced that whole idea. Yeah. So that whole Midwest is basically like David kind of, you know, touched on it's flying over. People are going from the East coast to the West coast or the West coast to the East coast. They fly over those middle States and a lot of times they don't really consider them to be significant when it comes to the United States. Until they get hungry. Yeah, no movies are ever based out of the Midwest. Typically, you know, it's in L.A. or it's in New York. Uh, but I tell you, when it comes to uh, agriculture, but it also when it comes to politics, the flyover states are really important. Oh, absolutely. That's why we do the caucuses in, in Iowa. And even Bernie Sanders and the leftists are admitting that, that we have a coastal elite problem with messaging and so forth, that we're leaving out most of America from the conversation, and that needs to change. Uh, Stacy, can you tell me a little bit about uh, your experience in the Reawakening America tour, what that's been like, and, and then we can get into you know, spirituality and the church and prophecy. You know, where does this fit into this great awakening that's happening? Absolutely. You know, it's been so exciting to watch the Reawaken America tour. You know, we started in April in Tulsa of 2021. And, you know, you saw people come together at this event. And that was like one of the first ones where people had congregated in a large crowd. And they yeah. kind of came like, you know, Bambi after his mom got shot. If you remember him coming back into the meadow, kind of tiptoed into it a little fearful of, ooh, what's going on? By the end of that event, people were high-fiving each other, giving each other hugs. Yeah. It was so refreshing. I really believe for our country, revival started at that time. And then to travel all across the United States, and one of the conversations we have often is we hear people, they'll come up to us and they'll say, over the last year, over the last six months, they've either rededicated their life to Jesus uh, they've met him for the very first time, or their relationship has really grown over this last year. That's why I say I really do believe revival started, because we're getting ready to, uh, to hit what they're calling a billion soul harvest. That means a billion people coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And we're going to see it in signs, wonders, and miracles. We're going to see people healed. We're going to see things that we only read about in the Bible, things of biblical proportion. And it's exciting that we were chosen to live for such a time as this. Absolutely. Uh, I you know, told you before the show that I left one career behind and chose this one right when the pandemic hit. And that's also when a conversion happened for me. I believe that there's just a a new energy, a revival energy happening worldwide. And, and that's, that is the great awakening. It's not just political. Mm -hmm. So David, can you say from your perspective, where does the church fit into this political side of things? Well, I, I think, you know, the church is almost a slang term that, that people use referring to 
organizations, structures, denominations, buildings. There's an idea of what does a church look like. Um, and, and for too long, I think uh, people in societies in all countries, you see it, you know, if you visit Europe and all the empty cathedrals, um, the idea of, of, of God resides in this building. Now we go and we sit in rows of people and listen to a person. Um, I think church takes place actually outside of that building. It's an organization of people that have an agreement of, you know what, when, when we look up, we see things we didn't create ourselves. When God looks up, he sees nothing. He's, mm -hmm. he's the highest of all that there is. And so regardless of a title or denomination or where people put themselves, there's a history of, of an organization of people. I mean, in the, in the New Testament church, they didn't have that, you know, buildings that they were going from one to the other. They were outcasts from those buildings, mm -hmm. but they were operating in a necessary place in society of, of a revival that took place in homes, in the marketplace, in business environments, um, at weddings, at funerals, at, at places where people congregated. They were coming there looking for solutions. There's always the expression, there's no atheist in a foxhole. And we're presented right now at a really unique moment in history. We have people like uh, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, Yuval Noah Harari. You have people that are presenting themselves as that answer, as gods. We no longer need it. You know, mm -hmm. it says we no longer need a, a God that comes from the clouds. We put things in the clouds. We are now the gods. And I think there's this mix of people that are saying, um, you know, I don't want a, a, a God that gets up and goes to the bathroom in the morning just like I do. You know, uh, I don't want a God that is, you know, has the same problems and has to get a COVID booster, you know, like they're trying to make me get, I, I, I want a God that actually has an answer and a real solution. And, and that's powerful. That, that actually has power, mm -hmm. that has authority, that has teeth. And that maybe is not found in the building. It's not found in the roads. It's not found from a person uh, standing up front. It, 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 it's found from us coming together, fighting for our freedoms to be able to actually lean into the fact that there is a God that he did create us and he does have real answers to the real problems that we're struggling with right now. I think maybe the buildings have created a vacuum. The people haven't stood up in a leadership role like we would have wanted them to over the last two years. Whether you're talking about, about weak Republicans or weak pastors or weak organizations, um, have, have sort of created a, a, a leadership vacuum in our, in our world that's being answered outside of the buildings you know, in a unique way. And I think if I can add to that, Sean, I think too, there's been a kind of a disappointment where the church with the 501c3, yeah. how they have partnered with people like Francis Collins, which is Fauci's boss, you know, and he's speaking to these church leaders and encouraging them to, you know, get their church vaccinated, even ways to do that. Get your picture taken when you are, you know, getting your vaccination and put it on Facebook, encourage your church to do that. That's happening, and it's a real disappointment for a lot of people. But that vacuum is being filled yes. by there are some really great pastors that have stepped up that are like, no, we are not going to do that. They're yep. not bowing to the state, and they're saying, no, our we are following God in this situation. We are not following the state. And I think those people are really standing out, whether it be a Greg Locke or it be a, a Robin Bullock. You know, I mean, there's there's some amazing pastors that are really standing out right now as leadership. And those are the people that people are flocking and, to. And non-professional Christians. Yes. People that aren't on a payroll as a Christian, you know, that, that are living a life of strength, mm -hmm. of courage. They're, they're doing what they can for those around them. Again, we go back to the slogan. It's not... It's not Donald Trump doing 80 million things to save America. It's 80 million Americans doing one thing each day to save their own country. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that will save the church as well. It's it's non-pastors pastoring in, in the public square. Yes. It's, it's people actually doing 
uh, the things that, that Christ called us to do. Yeah, because there's seven spheres of influence. And what happened over the years is we've really taken this pride in being as Christians and being conservatives, the silent majority. Oh, yeah. we are the silent majority. We can't take a pride in that because what's happened now in these seven spheres of influence, whether it be media or education or government, even the church, uh, family, all of these different spheres of influence um, where we were silent, we're now seeing where good is called evil and evil is called good. And the plumb line of Jesus has been taken out and that can't happen any longer. We have to step up in these different spheres of influence. We have to use our voices. And that's where the church is really being found in these different areas. It's critical that we do that right now. And I think that's what your show is all about, you know, bring some spirituality and some Jesus into the narrative here. Don't leave him out. So make sure everyone checks out the Flyover Conservatives podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. This is my weekly economic commentary. And boy, things are kind of spinning a little bit out of control right now. So I want to read you a couple of quotes because these are very important here. So this morning, Jamie Dimon, CEO of JPMorgan Chase, here's the exact quote. Brace yourself for an economic hurricane caused by the Fed and the Ukraine war. Brace yourself. That's that's like extreme language for like maybe a little correction, right? I mean, they're expecting something big. Who else said something? Janet Yellen, remember her, chairman of the Fed under Obama? She said the Fed is trying to fight inflation, but I was wrong on calling it transitory. Meaning what? What's transitory? I mean, it means like temporary, right? So what she's saying is it's permanent or semi-permanent, right? If she was wrong on it being temporary, well, that means it's probably permanent. So this is the problem. This is the problem moving forward because why would it be permanent? Because what I think she is referring to is simply that that the petrodollar is is kind of going away. When Russia backed its currency by gold, and they're basically telling everybody that's buying oil from them to not use the petrodollar, which is the U.S. dollar, but use rubles. When you've got Poland, and now you've got France, you've got you've got um, India, and a whole host of other countries now that are now buying oil without U.S. dollars. That's the only reason with the U.S. dollar head demand when we're printing you know printing it like it's monopoly money right? So they're going to have to inflate or die to get out of that. What else was said? This is kind of a funny comment from the Fed. It said the Fed reports sees a slight or modest economic growth as inflation surges. Okay, that's only baloney, right? There's no way that, that it, they can have slight or modest economic growth with inflation surging when people aren't spending any money because they can't afford it. And because the, the tool that they use to slow down inflation is to raise interest rates, so anybody who carries debt is actually going to feel the pinch even more and spend less. They won't see slight or modest economic growth. Now, they've got all these problems happening, right? And, and, and the stock market was down another 100 points or so today. Um, but now that's week nine of, of declining growth. Nine weeks in a row. Last week, when I talked about how it was eight weeks in a row, that was the worst it's ever been since the Great Depression. So now we're just adding to those weeks. See, this is, this is going to be kind of detrimental or really detrimental, right? As you continue to have these weeks of negative growth. So they're trying to now fix it. Well, how can they fix it? Well, major hedge fund managers like Barry Adelson and so forth say, who are billionaires, right? They make their money by selling stocks, are pulling out, sitting in cash, 
which is the wrong thing to do because cash gets you zero when inflation's 25%, you're actually guaranteed to lose 25% a year. So they're saying sit in cash, but the point is they're getting out of the stock market. He doesn't think that they can actually fix inflation with interest rates. He thinks that the only viable outcome is to just naturally let the stock market collapse because it has to. They can't, if they can't fix it with interest rate policy, well, then just let it collapse. A collapsing market will fix inflation, right? Because nobody will have anything left. So solution coming forward, we're starting to hear from like, I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Pippa Malmgren at the World Government Forum talking about central bank digital currency, which is nothing more than a cryptocurrency that's like big brother on steroids. It's like George Orwell living itself out right underneath our nose because there's going to be clarity of transactions. Every single transaction will be able to be tracked and traced the source of funds. So that was Pippa Mongren, an economist, right? So what did the CEO of MasterCard say yesterday morning? Said within five years, um, the SWIFT system, which is where all international bank wires, you know, come and go from that, is going to be replaced by central bank digital currency. They're bragging about it. So George Orwell, big brother, living itself out, financial pre freedom is out the door. How do you protect yourself from that? With silver, because it's a tangible asset that you take delivery of. You're not, not a digit. It's not a certificate. It's not something that, that's easily manipulatable when you have a thing that's delivered to you, right? Or in an IRA, it's stored for you, but it's still a physical thing. I'm shouting it from the rooftops at the, at the risk of sounding like a broken record. And I don't care if I sound like a broken record because it's the only thing that we can do that's outpacing inflation that will take advantage of these inflationary pressures so we can move forward with, with confidence being in the right place at the right time. So that's what I want to encourage everybody with. With all this news, with all these quotes, get into silver. It will protect and preserve and grow your portfolio safely and also give you the economic financial freedom that we need moving forward. God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belts, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't, you couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you. Even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.